it's easy to kind of, you know, doom and gloom and catastrophize and, you know, feel like the world's over. But in the scheme of things, this will be a short period of our lives. Somebody Hello and welcome to the 25 Stay Alive podcast, where we will educate and inspire you to be proactive with your health. Nothing is off limits, so prepare yourself for tears, laughter, and goosebumps. And a big round of applause to the BGs welcoming us to the first podcast episode of 2020. I am Hugo, your host. And for those new listeners, thanks for tuning in to the 25 Stay Alive podcast. Uh, and look, with everything going on at the moment in these unprecedented times with the coronavirus, I did think it would be relevant and topical to do an episode surrounding the theme of the coronavirus. Uh, but to help me do that, I did get a special guest on the show. And her name is Dr. Izzy Smith. And Izzy is a wonderful, wonderful lady. She's very intelligent. She's a mental health advocate. She's a Movember ambassador, which is something close to my heart. I'm also a Movember ambassador. And uh, look, we talk about all things uh, coronavirus, but more importantly, the mental health ramifications and general mental well-being during times like this. So I did really appreciate Izzy taking the time to sit down with me and hopefully you take something away from it. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Dr. Izzy Smith. Welcome to the show, Izzy. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Hugo. No, it's great to have you. And uh, with whatever, you know, everything going in the world at the moment, I thought it would be great to get someone on who's obviously uh, you know, close to what you're going through and what you do on a daily basis, working closely with COVID-19 and the coronavirus, uh, but also the connection we have with Movember and the great work you do as a mental health advocate. So we might get stuck into that firstly and just talk about how we've come across each other through Movember and, and how you got involved with Movember and kind of your, your passion with mental health. Yeah, I've been doing, I've been a Mo sister for almost 10 years and it initially started, you know, after losing my dad to cancer. But since then, you know, I've grown up a lot and I've seen how much of an issue mental health is in our community, especially amongst young people and young men. And yeah, mental health is probably one of my biggest passions now. Yeah, it's, it is amazing some of the work you do. And I think before we do talk about sort of the mental health ramifications from COVID-19, which is, which is obviously huge and the government have obviously just announced that $1.1 billion uh, package to help support that, which is fantastic. Being a doctor, what's your current exposure to the coronavirus, I suppose, on a, on a work setting and I guess seeing it through your eyes as a doctor? So I'm what's called a general medicine registrar. I look after, you know, undifferentiated sick people in hospital, lots of lung, heart, liver problems. Um, so I'm definitely at the kind of front line of the COVID-19 pandemic. I am looking after people that come in with potential symptoms, you know, so sore throat, fever, um, shortness of breath, and, you know, testing them for COVID-19, having to wear all the protective equipment and um, being very careful with that. Um, and then I'm also, you know, involved in a lot of, you know, international groups of doctors advising us on, you know, how it will play out in Australia based on what we've seen in Italy and America and China. So, Mm. Yeah, so I guess I, yeah, I'm treating people um, in my hospital with COVID-19. Yeah, look, and that, that must be difficult, obviously, with the people coming in who are sick. And obviously, like you said, you can see how severe this can get, especially overseas. What is it like being on the front line, essentially, absorbing yourself in it on a daily basis and coming home and trying to have to switch off? Like, obviously, you have to look after yourself too, but do you have sort of thoughts in the back of your mind that, you know, you're at a very high risk of, of getting this yourself? Yeah, the um, atmosphere is tense, to say the mm. least. 
Um, we don't have enough protective equipment and there's a lot of concerns about how we will manage. So there's a, definitely a lot of anxiety. I know in myself, I'm very proactive with monitoring my own mental health and being aware of you know my behavior and how I'm feeling. And I know I've definitely had a lot of anxiety lately. My sleep hasn't been good. I've been dreaming lots, not very motivated with exercise, which is quite unlike me and, you know, wanting to have a couple more glasses of wine at night than I would Mm. normally. So it's definitely having, you know, an impact on my mental health and the mental health of all the staff. And a lot of it is, you know, the worry about what's to come and trying to do everything we can now to prepare ourselves the best we can. Yeah. And look, I suppose, you know, that, that you said it very well yourself there is that doing the best you can, but it's um, something that obviously you've never experienced and so many people have never experienced anything like it. So it is difficult to sort of gauge where it's going to go, I suppose. That's exactly right. And I think there's a lot of people in the community that feel really frustrated by, you know, what are the guidelines? This doesn't make sense. We should be testing more people. And I think it's important to highlight that, you know, as doctors, a lot of us are just as confused. This is Mm. also totally new to us. So yeah, it's just as unprecedented for us as it is for everyone in the community. No, for sure. And, and as you just, you touched on there a little bit with, um, with, you know, your own having sort of trouble sleeping and, you know, your own anxiety and stuff like that. And, and I know you're very open with, with that, which is fantastic. The mental health ramifications from something like this coronavirus, and I've seen lots of people, whether it's losing a job or just, you know, like, you know, the structure of daily life is so not normal anymore. People are struggling. Uh, and how do you find the the whole mental health side of things and i know you're, you're pretty passionate in that space and just talking about the whole mental health and what people i suppose can uh, can understand with that so there are so many reasons at the moment for people's mental health to be impacted so if people you know aren't feeling their normal chirpy selves they're feeling you know unmotivated or despair i'd want people to know this is totally normal mm. so you know i guess first and foremost you know worried about people's health worried about you know the potential of losing loved ones you know that's something Second is our lives have been turned inside out, upside down. As humans, we thrive really well on structure and routine. We wake up in the morning, you know, go to the gym, have coffee with one of our colleagues, chat with the barista at work, go through a kind of structured day at work. And we have that routine. You know, we might go to our parents' house for dinner once a week or drinks with the friends on Fridays. So that structure and routine, that gives us a lot of um, an internal sense of calm and a sense of accomplishment. And when that's taken away, you know, we don't have that sense of calm and structure. I talk about our normal routine is like a daily ticking things off a to-do list, Mm. you know, and that's very satisfying. And all of a sudden, we don't have any of those normal um, structures and routines. We're also facing new problems like trying to, you know, restructure our business models. We're trying to work from home. So all of these new things in our life, without any of the, you know, old familiar things that gave us comfort. Then the other thing is, you know, as human beings, we are designed to be socially connected and crave closeness and care and love with other people. That, you know, is a very strong biological instinct wired into us. So that importance of being close with people and social connection is really, really important to our well-being. Mm. And all of a sudden that has been taken away. Sure. And then, you know, and then of course the financial implications of this are also massive. There's so much uncertainty. That's just a recipe for mental health disaster, you know, and as well exercise. I think it's really great, like what you said, the government's package of trying to financially support people. But I'm really glad that the government is recognising the importance of daily exercise and being outside. So, yeah, so there's lots of things for people to feel pretty anxious, doom and gloom, all those things. One thing you said offline, which I thought was a very 
you know, a very simplified way to explain mental health as an overarching sort of theme. And you talked about it being on that spectrum. But if you just want to um, just talk about what you mean by, by that and when you talk about saying mental health is exactly that, it's mental health. We've all got mental health. Yeah, yeah. So a concept I love talking about and something that really helped myself was thinking about mental health as something that every single person has. You know, we all have physical health and it might be normal for different times we may be more or less physically unwell. You know, we get a cold, we break a leg, all those things, you know. So our health changes at different parts of our life. And our mental health is exactly the same. You know, we all have mental well-being and everything's a spectrum. So at some times, you know, we might be more anxious or we might have a lower mood. That doesn't necessarily mean we have depression or an anxiety mm. disorder. We're just, you know, going a little bit further down that spectrum. And I like to think of it as I think on one side as green, which is, you know, when we're really mentally well, you know, we're socially connected, we have purpose, passion, we're getting enough rest, all those mm -hmm. type of things. And then you slide along to the orange and that might be when you have high levels of stress some anxiety, not sleeping very well. And that's when it's really important if you're on that orange to, you know, recognize that you're not as mentally well as you could be and put some, um, you know, proactive measures in place to try and get back to the green. And then otherwise, if you don't do that at that orange stage, you're at risk of going into red, which is, you know, a crisis, you know, where you might have a real breakdown. You might not be able to go to work or like, mm. a, you know, major depression. So thinking that it's normal at different parts of our life to slide along the spectrum to, you know, go between the orange, the green, hopefully not the red, but for some people they will get to the red and trying to, you know, check in on your own well-being and go, you know, where have I sat the last month? What could I be doing to, you know, be more mentally well and push myself back to the green. I know for me, I'm someone who's super duper busy and I love taking on heaps of stuff. And often I just need to, you know, get rid of a few commitments so I can have a bit more rest. And that really helps me get back to the green. Yeah. No, and I really like that way of explaining it. And I think it's something that we can, we can all take away, especially during these times. But on that, what can people do, uh, especially during these times of being sort of, you know, with these restrictions put in place and the whole um, social distancing and for a lot of people, even the whole self-isolation component, uh, what are some few useful tips that you find that, you know, you works for you uh, and what people can find even at home, social distancing and the like, self-isolation they can still do? So I guess it's kind of touching on the reasons why our mental health would be impacted at the moment. So the first one was, you know, fear about getting COVID-19 yourself. And that's, you know, the being really on top of the hygiene, social distancing, um, that type of thing. Then the next is, you know, we've lost our structure and our routine. And so that's where, you know, you can try and make sure that your normal day still has some structure and routine. Mm. So that could be, you know, literally writing. I love writing and lists and plans. Mm -hmm. So, you know, writing yourself a plan for the next day, even if it's, you know, wake up, still set an alarm at 7.30, do some exercise, have breakfast, do something productive for a couple of hours, clean your car or do some work. So trying to make sure that you still have structure in your day where you allocate time for rest, things that are productive, such mm. as getting work done. And then, you know, social time, you know, FaceTime your mom at a certain time. So that would be one thing would be keeping up structure and definitely trying to get some exercise in, you know, exercise is the best drug and it's free and doesn't have any side effects. Exercise makes us feel calm when we're anxious, happy when we're sad. So I'd really try and get some exercise in every day. Yep, on that, I know my mum, who's a PT, she even does uh, some virtual online sort of PT sessions at the moment. You know, like we're doing now, talk through the laptop exactly. or talk to the computer screens, but you can still do, a, still do a workout. 
Yeah, and with a gym called Iron, and they're doing a 7 a.m. workout every day. And, you know, you can see everyone else come in and comment and you kind of feel you're part of the community and that's really nice. So, yeah, yeah so exercise, having structure in your day, and then, you know, the social connection. And that's often where, you know, men often aren't as good at women at really making the effort. FaceTiming with friends, having a drink with a friend where, you know, you're looking across from each other. I think the other thing that is so important to remember through all of this is that this is not going to last forever. The holidays will come back. The economy will recover. We are all in this together. You know, the problems that all the individual people are facing right now, I'm not, you know, not taking away from how you're feeling, but these problems are shared. A lot of other people mm. are going through the same stuff. And so that means, you know, there's going to be a lot of big efforts to, you know, get the economy back better. Yeah, I think remembering that the fun times will happen and, you know, something that's been really good for me has actually been looking at old photos of fun times with, you know, so I've actually just moved to Sydney. So most of my friends are in Melbourne and, you know, I was supposed to, they were supposed to come up and visit me. I was supposed to go down to Melbourne last week and visit my nephew. And what I found really nice is, you know, looking at old photos of fun times we've had together and being like, I'll have more of these fun times. Mm, no, um, because, love yeah. That. It's easy to kind of, you know, doom and gloom and catastrophize and, you know, feel like the world's over. But in the scheme of things, this will be a short period of our lives. Very good point. And I guess for those who do get really far towards that red side of the spectrum that like you're talking about, uh, and they do need to sort of look at seeking some, some help now, yep. sort of falling down the lines of more severe anxiety or even depression, um, I suppose it's important that they also seek help as well. A hundred percent. I love talking about the benefits of psychology. You go to a GP um, to improve your health and you don't have to be, you know, on death's door to go to a GP to look, improve your health. And in the same way, you don't need to be having a complete mental crisis to get benefit from seeing a psychologist. Mm. Um, at the moment, there's the Medicare rebates for telehealth with psychologists. Um, you know, the mental health plan, you know, you can yep, get 10 yep. free sessions um, and you can do them online telehealth completely free and I actually saw my psychologist through telehealth yesterday I hadn't seen her for two years I saw her a couple of years ago after I had a really traumatic patient death and it was amazing you know it really helped me with some of my problem solving and some issues that I had and she reached out to me saying Izzy you're gonna have a lot going on do you want to catch up for a session and that was really good just having you know an external person to mm. chat with and you know know that she can be there for me if when work gets hard so yeah, so definitely I would say mental health care plan and you can get it sorted through your GP via the phone. You don't even know you need to go in. And secondly, you know, if you're really struggling, tell someone. You know, there's a statistic that Movember talk about that is 80% of men said they'd want their friend to reach out to them if they were really struggling, but only 40% of men felt comfortable to reach out to their friends. Yeah. So yeah. if you're one of those, the 40%, like you feel like you can't reach out to your friends, flip the roles and, you know, think if you had a friend that was struggling, would you want them to reach out to you? If you would, then, you know, you should feel comfortable to go to your mate. And then of course, you know, services like Lifeline, Suicide Hotline, Beyond Blue, they have amazing serv um, services. You can also jump on Black Dog Institute or Movember website as well. well. There's a lot out there, which is, which is important to know. And I actually still had a psychologist appointment last week and with the current climate i didn't actually want to go there in person uh, but we still did a sort of phone mm. consultation with the psychologist and initially i kind of started talking thinking this is a little bit strange but as soon as i kept going probably five minutes into it it mm. felt like i was there and i finished up hung up probably after 45 minutes or so and and felt great straight away because i was just talking about a few things that were on my mind and a few things that were bothering me so even in times like this there still are definitely avenues and ways to seek help which is fantastic yeah, no, 100%. And I'd also like to just plug in, like, seeing your GP is another person that um, is great to talk to. And, you know, what is it, that old saying, a problem half, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. 
you know, mm. we, so many of us are struggling at the moment and we yeah. need to be there for each other more than ever before. So. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, exactly. And a big one there, like you said, you know, talk about it, best place to start. So look at the other thing. What, um, can I say one other? Sorry, yeah, yeah, jump in, jump thing? in whenever, jump in. Also, um, and this is like maybe a little bit hypocritical for me because I've definitely been having more wines than I would normally at night. But <laughs> in times like this, when, you know, we don't have much to do with feeling unmotivated, it can be really easy to, you know, drinking wine, eating crap food, gives us short-term comfort. And, you know, I'm all for, you know, having some chocolate or ice cream every now and then, but really try and keep up your healthy habits, you know, mm. try not to drink during the week. You know, alcohol gives people anxiety. It alters your neurochemistry. That's why you can feel pretty crappy for a few days after a big night of drinking. And also, you know, trying to eat really well. There's actually quite a lot of evidence now showing, you know, our nutrition has a major impact on our mental health. Yeah. Lots of fruit and veggies, trying to keep up those healthy habits, getting enough sleep. Often I think with health and mental health, sometimes we focus on the real intricacies. And it's like, let's get the basics down right yep. first. Get enough sleep, eat well, exercise talk to your mates, then you can, you know, really get into the nitty gritty health details. For sure. And especially during times like this is that, and you touched on it a couple of times uh, already is the structure component. And because there isn't that structure and you are working from home and days might blend into one and sort of, it's not, it's no longer the Saturday, Sunday, I'm looking forward to my little cheeky glass of wine. Yeah. And all of a sudden I have it Tuesday, it's, Wednesday. I think it's really important to try and still have your weekends to yeah. try and have your structure. And even if you've lost your job, Try and have structure during the week that you're being productive, you're being proactive. And then on the weekend, you can be like, ah, it's the weekend. Put your feet up on the Friday night, um, have a few beers. And that will really help with that feeling like life's still kind of normal. Mm, very good point. And like I said at the start of this episode, you're uh, you're on the front line. You're surrounded by this sort of uh, coronavirus stuff all day, every day. You're a busy busy person obviously being um being a doctor during times like this so i don't want to take up all your time tonight but i do just want to say <laughs> right. i'm gonna try and try and do some of my own exercise my own well-being after this but good. No, excellent. sounds good keep going excellent no no the um it's just the one point it's it's very close to obviously what 25 stay alive is all about and the reason why I was um, I started 25 Stay Alive is educating the typical young adult or the young australians or young people out there all around the world and is that they're not invincible. And I think um, for me, obviously, you know, close to my heart's being, uh, being cancer and mental health. Um, something like cancer doesn't discriminate, mental health doesn't discriminate. But it's an important point as well in relation to what's going on at the moment is when you hear people saying, you know, oh, it's not going to affect me and, you know, it's fine. And look, um, it doesn't necessarily have to affect them directly, but it's, all, it's the, uh, the follow-on ramifications that as a result of this continuing for months and months on end, how it's going to affect young people. But what are your thoughts on that? about the sort of young people thinking that they're invincible during times like this. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely, I think when the virus first kind of came out in the news, there was a lot of people in denial about the seriousness of it. And to be honest, I think I was too. You yeah, know, yeah, I was, I was the like, same. Oh. I was like, the media's blowing this up more than it needs to be. It's not mm. going to be that bad. We've had SARS. SARS was another virus in the coronavirus family that didn't get too bad. I think, yeah, I think with young people, it is really important to realise, well, firstly, one, you can get this virus and young people are dying from it. Two, if you get it um, and you're okay, you could spread it to other people, you know, your loved ones, your mum, your grandparents. And then the third thing that we need to think about is that if we don't take this virus seriously, it's going to have a really big role in the economy. Mm. Um, you know, if we don't slow down the spread of the virus, if we don't achieve that, it's going to be, you know, just devastating to the economy. So, and, you know, take us longer to get jobs back and all of that kind of thing. So, and also the, uh, as far as the hospital side, you know, the hospital beds and hospital starts being taken up. So then if you've, if you actually have a, an emergency mm. of your own and it's like, well, guess what? Now the emergency beds are taken up, the ICU beds are taken up. Well, that could also be another big impact. Exactly. And that's something that's important to recognize that, you know, 
if our hospitals are full of people in their 50s and 60s um, on ventilators, that means the young person who has a car crash, the young woman who goes into her, you know, a preeclamptic seizure when she's having a baby, um, you know, the young person that hits their head, there's going to be no ICU beds for them. And mm. that would be really heartbreaking. As I'm a doctor, I'm still looking after people with normal problems as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. I had a you know, I sent a patient the other day to ICU who fell from a ladder, hit their head and had a bleed in the brain. So all those normal things. And the other thing I'd like to say as well with this, in the middle of all this COVID-19 stuff, make sure you're still looking after the other aspects of your life. You know, for men, if you, you know, came across a small testicle lump, you still need to go and get that checked at the moment. You know, women, make sure you don't miss your cervical screening. The world is still going on, even though yeah. it's even though it seems like the world has stopped and is crazy, all these other things can still happen. So, you know, please don't ignore anything abnormal. It's, it's a great point. And it's, uh, it's something that people can probably get down that path by thinking, oh, well, you know, there's, you know, worse people out there and, you know, worse times. I'm not going to worry mm. about that rash or that, like you said, that lump. And, and I think that is so important. And one key takeaway, if you know, take away nothing else, don't neglect the other important aspects of your life. You know, life, yeah, life does exactly. go on still and look after yourself. A hundred percent. So look, Izzy, before we do wrap things up, uh, rather than me sort of summarising today's episode, there's lots of good points that you have brought up and lots of um, lots of really good discussions uh, from from what we've been talking about. But it might be best if you sort of conclude with with say three key takeaways that you want others to walk away from sort of knowing. So three of the more important parts of of today's conversation and something that uh, others might find pretty useful. I guess the first one is that it is totally normal to be anxious, feel despair. You know. There's no right or wrong way to feel right now. It's also mm-hmm. also totally normal to feel okay. So, you know, this is completely unprecedented. So there's no normal. Um, and if, you know, if you're feeling anxious, you're feeling down, don't suffer in silence. We all need to get through this together. And, yeah, there's never been, I guess, a more important time to look after our well-being and really be proactive. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Um, the second thing... I don't thing want to put you on the spot. Be, if you don't have three things, that's fine. But <laughs> no, I've, I've got three. Yeah. Let me think. No, the second one would be, guys, I know like it is so shit the impact this is having in the economy. Half of my friends have lost their jobs and it just breaks my heart. And I feel so bad for them. And I also know, unfortunately, it is important to do the social distancing. But the better we social distance now, the sooner we can get this virus under control. Um, and the sooner we can go back to our normal life. So, you know, please try and take the messages from the government seriously. But just jumping in there, that doesn't mean that, as you have said, and we've talked about already in this episode, that you still can't connect with people. A hundred percent. We're hardwired to need, you know, love and connected with other people. So please don't let that go. There's so many ways we can stay connected mm. right now. You know, maybe it's a good time to check in with a mate that you haven't talked to in a while and see how they're going. That's been a real highlight for me is, you know, I've even had, you know, ex-boyfriends I haven't heard from in years yep. <laughs> reach out to me be like, Izzy, we know you might be struggling at the moment. How's everything going? So, you know, re- good opportunity to reach out to old friends, reconnect, be there for each other. We might be physically separated, but we don't need to be, you know, socially separated. And the third one would be keep looking after our physical health. Also get your flu vaccine. That's something that's important coming up. Um, mm, you know, sure. getting COVID-19 and the flu together, we're worried that could be really bad. So get yep. your flu vaccine try and get enough sleep, eat well, and make sure you keep up your exercise. And on that note, Izzy, we will wrap things up there um, and you can go off for your run and get your, uh, get your exercise in. But no, look, thanks very much for taking the time to come and talk to me today. I know you're a very busy person. Um, you know, you've come literally straight from work and sat down to, to talk about this. So I really do appreciate it. And hopefully those listening can, um, can, you know, take something away, especially what you've just finished off with there. 
those key three takeaways, um, you know, being don't suffer in silence. We're all in this together. Why we should all be social distancing and the importance of keeping up with that, but also keeping, uh, keeping the social connection part of things uh, very much alive. And then also the, uh, the importance of looking after your physical health, especially during times like this. So no, thanks, Izzy. You enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy your run. And for all those listening, thanks very much for tuning in. Um, really do appreciate it. And hopefully we'll get some more episodes out in the not-so-distant future. And make sure, above all else, stay safe during these times. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the 25 Stay Alive podcast. Subscribe on iTunes or Spotify to get fresh new weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 25 Stay Alive. And feel free to send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.